Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the National Hockey Now Network. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a betting perspective. With pro sports handicappers, Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, and various guests from the world of hockey and sports betting. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by National Hockey Now. Friday, February 17th, Ian Cameron will have Alex B. Smith joining us in just a few moments. And Jimmy Murphy, our Friday guest, will be joining us as well uh, later in the show as we get ready for this Friday NHL slate. Five games on tap tonight in the NHL, and we will obviously preview all of those. We do want to mention a couple things before we get into today's show. Uh, the Q&A video uh, that Alex and I recorded exclusively for Ice Guys Patreon members and subscribers is now available. It's now up on, on the uh, Patreon page. So uh, if you haven't checked that out yet, please do. Uh, you'll enjoy it. Uh, so that's on the uh, page. And again, patreon.com slash Ice Guys, just $10 a month uh, for that. Uh, you can find that on the page as well. And plenty more bonus content on the way as far as that is concerned. Um, so again, uh, make sure you check that out, patreon.com slash Ice Guys. And I do also want to make it official right now. I, I think I announced or said already that the when the next BetCast would be, but I just want to make it official right now. It will be next Tuesday, uh, February the 21st, uh, 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern time. And this will be the beginning of our weekly BetCasts. Now, what we plan on doing with the BetCasts moving forward starting next Tuesday is most of them will be on Tuesday. But every week, there might be the odd week where instead of doing a Tuesday BetCast, we do a Saturday BetCast because the response was so good from the Super BetCast that we did uh, all, uh, last uh, Saturday. Now, the Saturday BetCast moving forward, they're not going to be all day, all night like they were uh, last weekend. That was special. It was Super Bowl weekend. It was the first ever Saturday BetCast we've done. Uh, but we're definitely going to uh, be having a few, at least, Saturday BetCasts uh, moving forward. So... Uh, weekly BetCasts will begin next Tuesday, uh, February 21st, 7 p.m. Eastern. As always, make sure you DM me, Alex, uh, or email me, bobano350 at gmail.com if you want to uh, join us on the BetCast on Tuesday night. Uh, and uh, Definitely looking forward to it. All right, let's look back on last night uh, in the NHL. Of course, it was a busy uh, Thursday uh, in the National Hockey League. Florida Panthers get a win over the Washington Capitals. Um, you know, last um, – last, um, Night was not a great night for me. It's it's that's the way it goes when you're a high volume NHL better. Welcome, welcome to the world and welcome to the harsh realities that you can go nine and one on Wednesday night like I did, and you can have a losing night like last night, you know, like I did. So that's what happens sometimes. And but one of the winners was Florida. Uh, they got the job done. Six just really having a tough time now. A couple of games without Alex Ovechkin, they've had their share of issues. There's no question about that. Uh, and uh, definitely uh, Florida has just not looked right. You know, they just haven't looked great without their captain, without their leader, uh, Alex Ovechkin, being on the ice. And we saw that again last night in the 6-3 loss to the Florida Panthers. Uh, Montreal uh, Montreal hung around for two periods. They scored the first goal of the game. They hung around for two periods, but it got away from them in the third period. So best laid plans do not work out well for yours truly there, who took a shot with the uh, Canadians last night, potential flats. Yeah, but the Hurricanes uh, roared with a strong third period. Shout out to Seth Jarvis Hattrick last night for the uh, Carolina Hurricanes, six to two. 
I'll tell you what, the shots on goal props treated me well, though, in that game, uh, definitely. Uh, and, and shots on goal props have been really strong the last week. A bunch of them cashed last night. Uh, Dougie Hamilton went over his shots on goal prop. Aaron Ekblad uh, in the Florida game went over his shots on goal prop again. I mean, we're really starting to – I did better with props last night. I did better with shots on goal than I did with sides and totals. So we're going to have a few more uh, for you on the Friday card as well in terms of props. And that has definitely become a bigger part of my NHL betting portfolio here uh, late in the season. So a uh, nice win there for Carolina. Columbus, 3-1 to one over Winnipeg. It's got to be one of the better games I've seen Jonas Corposalo play. Uh, excellent goaltending from the uh, Jackets netminder last night. And it's, he's actually played – he's actually had a really nice month or so. You know, even in some of these losses, he stood on his head. Uh, and, uh, you know, he's definitely, you know, played really strong for Columbus for a team that doesn't play very good defense in front of their goaltender a lot. Uh, and again, it was a great performance as he beats, uh, leads the Jackets to a 3-1 win over the uh, Winnipeg uh, Jets last night. It was such a sin on my part, such an omission on my part, not to bet Lion A over shots and Lion A to score a goal against Winnipeg. But what kept me against his former team, but what kept me off that was his struggles lately, obviously. Uh, but obviously he got the job done. I guess that there's one team he's going to wake up against. It was the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, Morrissey shots on goal. There's another one, Rich H. Yep, over the shots on goal prop cash there with Josh Morrissey. And it cashed in the first period. I mean, three shots on goal. Bang, just like that. So good to cash that one for sure. But unfortunately, we were on the over in that game, and it fell short with the 3-1 a loss for Winnipeg to Columbus. Uh, Bruins 5-0 shutout over Nashville. I was on that. I think Alex, even though he wasn't on the show last night, that was his best bet, which I posted yeah. on Patreon. That was his best bet was Bruins in regulation. And Look, Nashville's just wretched right now. They're playing horrible hockey. Uh, they're barely generating any offense. They're getting outshot, outchanced in every game, outplayed, losing puck battles all over the ice, no offense to speak of. And like I said, when UC Soros looks human and UC Soros hasn't played as well the last week or so, they're not winning. And we saw that again last night. Great road game from the uh, Boston Bruins. Uh, a Nashville team, the more I look at them, the more they're not making the playoffs as far as I'm concerned in the uh, Western Conference. Nashville's just not playing well. And a lot of their wins were fool's gold wins where they were getting – uh, outshot, outchanced, and UC Soros was saving their fucking bacon. And that's why they were winning those games. And now all of a sudden, that's not happening. Uh, St. Louis, I mean, the Blues all of a sudden resurgent. 4-2, another victory for them uh, over the New Jersey Devils uh, last night. Devils thought they might get Jack Hughes back, didn't happen. Dougie Hamilton, another night over shots on goal, cashes with him. It's just automatic at this point. Uh, and 4-2 uh, for St. Louis, give them credit. A push for me with the total in that game. Uh, Seattle, look, I'm not, I'm not going to have a worse result. Now I had a good comment on Twitter from someone saying, Hey, you, you should gauge your best bets on it being a bad bet based on, do you get the best of the number? Do you get the best price? Do you get closing line value? Yeah, I get that. I get that sentiment. I get that thought process, but to me, the worst bet you'll make and is going to be how bad does it lose? And for me with the Philadelphia Flyers last night, I mean, it was just a horrible call. I mean, as far as I'm I thought they'd bring a lot more than that. Rested. They hadn't played since Sunday. Revenge spot. Seattle played an extra game in between against Winnipeg, coming home off a long road trip. And it was the Philadelphia Flyers that were listless, not the Seattle Kraken uh, last night. Uh, just a brutal game. One of the worst games of the year. I said, all, isn't it funny going into last night? I said, oh, the Flyers have been in every game. They haven't had a game where they've really been whipped. Well, sure enough, it happened last night uh, against the uh, Seattle Kraken. Uh, 6-2 for Seattle. Give them credit. Tough spot. And they uh, still... Roared, roll, rolled to victory against the uh, Philadelphia Flyers. And I think it's safe to say Philip Grubauer has his number one job back. 
uh, in between the pipes for the uh, Kraken. He's starting to play better against Seattle with a nice win. Uh, Vegas, it was not easy. San Jose, a feisty team, a tough out these days, you know, with Meyer and Carlson, among others, being showcased for the uh, trade deadline. How about Barabanov? I've talked about him repeatedly on this show. He scores the only goal for San Jose uh, at a nice price, plus 450. Uh, I cashed with his goal prop last night, but Vegas overcomes it and they get the late goal to win it. Will Carrier with just 17 seconds left to get the 2-1 win over San Jose. Another nice start by Aiden Hill, who's become friend of the Ice Guys show because uh, through Alex with his uh, little conversation with Aiden's dad. But it's nice to see Aiden Hill do well now, I'm sure, after he talked with his pops last week when they were in mini. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's interesting because a lot of the, the players, obviously, we talked about Jack Eichel, but a lot of the players' dads that I uh, encountered, you know, have been kind of doing stuff. Phil Castle, maybe the the omission out of that, he's been kind of quiet since uh, since they were here in St. Paul. But other than that, yeah, this is a Vegas team that has played well, and I wish they had been able to score more offense last night. Obviously, having that team total over three and a half, uh, but you know, that's a, a gritty win, and and. You know, you're going to need those sometimes, especially in, in these dog days. We're talking about how all these dogs are popping up and, and beating favorites. You know, we saw it last night again with uh, Detroit. You know, so these teams have to be on alert. You know, they can't – they're going to lay those eggs every now and then. Obviously, every every team's going to have a bad night and a, and a, and a bad game here or there. Uh, but that's a that's a gritty win for a Vegas team that's really trying to battle through injuries. Like I said, obviously, with Hill now being thrust into the starter role. And you wonder, he's already been playing well. He's got good numbers. But, you know, as the minutes increase and as the pressure increases, the guy who hasn't really had to play – starter in big role games uh you know so that's what we have to kind of see moving forward with vegas with uh Eden hill taking the reins in that exactly it's gonna is he can he keep this up you're right a yeah. long term that ends up being the uh story and i saved the best for last because things are starting to become real worrisome in cow the canadian cow town with the calgary flames right now uh that was detroit on a back-to-back -back. no detroit's playing well let's give the red wings some credit this yeah. has been a nice run they put together. They've swept Western Canada. That's not easy to do. Not many teams have done that. I remember Buffalo did it uh, early in the season, but Detroit, another team to have swept Western Canada, beating all three teams, Vancouver, Edmonton, and then Calgary uh, on that uh, road trip. And the Red Wings are playing good hockey. Dylan Larkin's been a man possessed. Pew Suter's heating up. He's someone to keep an eye on moving forward. Robbie Fabry is heating up right now. Uh, for the Detroit Red Wings, uh, you're right. They look enticing. I know I lost my keister with uh, Seattle, uh, again, going against Seattle last night, Nick Earl, but looking ahead to tomorrow, that that is a tantalizing price on Detroit tomorrow uh, against Seattle, the way they're playing right now, no doubt. Um, they're playing great hockey. They're getting saves. Halberg uh, last night was solid. Huso is in great form right now for the Red Wings. Um, you know, definitely they're playing great. They're getting contributions. Kubelik comes to life taking the spot of Lucas Raymond uh, on the top line for Detroit last night. Absolutely outstanding game from him. And Calgary, it's just more issues. More issues with the key defensive breakdowns at bad times, giving up goals at bad times of the game. You know, not getting enough offense, not getting enough timely goal scoring themselves. I mean, it's been a combination of everything right now here with this uh, Calgary uh, Flames team. It's definitely uh, been uh, a concern with what we have seen from them uh, during this time. And it's amazing that this team has outshot, outchanced their opponent as much as they have this season. And here they are languishing, holding on for dear life to a playoff spot 
right now, a wild card spot in the Western Conference. It's just they have not been able to put it all together. They have not had games where their offense has been clicking. They've shut things down totally, and the goaltending's been on point. And to me, that was a crippling, critical missed opportunity for Dan Vladar, who has had a great run in net for the Flames. He's been the better goalie the last month, month and a half or so, but it was not one of his better nights last night. Not at all. Uh, there was at least one goal early in the game he should have stopped, and the fifth goal was a horrendous goal uh, to give up. Horrendous. That, that was the game. That was the goal that put it to bed in favor of Detroit. That was the game that said it's over when they made it 5-2. And, you know, Vladar's got to have that save as far as I'm concerned. But there's it's not his fault. It's not all his fault. There's other issues with this uh, Calgary team. They're just not playing well right now. And as always, after I was very interested after that game. You know, the vultures are circling. You know, you're Eric Francis of the world and all these fucks that uh, cover the team on a daily basis, <laughs> you know, uh, just vultures. Oh, when things are going wrong, you know, they can't wait to criticize and can't wait to ask the tough, harsh questions uh, in the uh, pr press conferences uh, in terms of uh, Daryl Sutter in particular. So we figured let's find some Daryl Sutter sound and let's play it here on the show from last night after the game. Shorthanded goal would, would uh, carry us a little bit. And uh, it's 1-1, going in the second and take a bad penalty right away. They score on, they score early in the power play in the second, I think, and then late in the second, the power play difference in the game. Same as in Detroit, too. What, uh, why do you think the emotion was lacking? I think it was concern of mine is after long trips, seeing it this year, first game back, a lot. People tend to get through it or power play or big penalty kill, something big to happen. Didn't get that. Fans and the, the stands certainly weren't happy with the penalties, where, where the penalty calls where you, you thought they were good? Well, you know, we talked about it before the game. Then in Detroit, the uh, uh, we took four in the second period in Detroit, and they scored. I always find it funny, one. Alex, that we get Sutter I with that shit-eating grin sometimes, even penalty after a bad loss. He, he does that in his presence. Yeah, like, he does. It's like, natural. so funny, man. For the game. <laughs> it's like a nervous take. terrible loss. Yeah. Yeah. Penalties, right? So at one point, it was 3 nothing in penalties. Which is, so we're going to get to the point at the end of this where I had I, re, I, I love Daryl's press conferences. Deadpan delivery. Funny sometimes. I get all that. But I had a problem with what he said at the end. Pardon? I thought he was very sluggish. He got better as the game went on, but I think the first period he was he was off. When you talk about that lack of emotion in the first game back after after a road trip, I mean, that's got to be on the players, I assume, to get themselves up for it, right? Yeah, that's, that's a little bit of the leadership of the group. See, it looks like he's smiling so when he's saying going into this game about goaltending. I'm assuming you didn't see goaltending as the main reason you lost tonight. Well, it certainly didn't give us an opportunity to win, did it? Now that comment right at the end about Dan Vladar is what I bothered me. Okay. Yeah. He said, well, it certainly didn't. You don't think goaltending was the reason you lost tonight. Well, it certainly didn't give us a chance to win now, did it? I didn't like that. Okay, I didn't like him saying that. You've had millions of opportunities to throw Markstrom under the bus for a shit performance, yeah. one after another that he's had this year. And he never said a thing, not a peep about Markstrom. He would always actually try to defend him and say, ah, oh, you know what, there's other things going on with the team and uh, he's just battling through some stuff. 
And uh, when Markstrom's been utter horseshit in so many games this year and given up just that back-breaking goal when you can't afford it, and Daryl Sutter would say not a thing about Jacob Markstrom's struggles, not a thing. And the first moment Dan Vladar has a bad game, probably his first bad game in two months was last night uh, against Detroit. His first bad game in two months. Daryl Sutter can't wait to get out there and say, well, he certainly you know, didn't give us a chance to win tonight, this guy. And yet he's had so many opportunities to say something critical about Jacob Markstrom, and he never has uh, this season. To me, that's playing favorites. To me, that's not fair to do that to Dan Vladar when he's the reason you've gotten most of your wins that you have received you know, the last month or so, didn't like that comment, did not sit well with me. For as much as I love Daryl and he's funny and the press conferences and the deadpan delivery and the crazy million facial expressions and the Popeye look, as I like to call it, because he looks like Popeye and all this shit, that did not sit well with me. Him pointing the finger directly at Dan Vladar, considering what Dan Vladar's done for this hockey team for a month yeah. and, and more than that. I totally agree with you, but I'm going to slightly play the devil's advocate. And what this makes me believe is that there's a reason he hasn't thrown Jacob Markstrom under the bus throughout his struggles. And that means that if he were to do that, it would only make things worse. That yeah. That's that's me playing the devil's advocate in that situation. And, and I think Stan Vladar can handle it. Young kid. I'm, right. I'm, I'm trusting, yeah, I'm trusting that 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 Tutter, being a veteran coach, is, is too, dialed in enough to his two goalies to know that he can say – one thing about one and say something else about the other and they'll respond to it the way he hopes for them to respond to it and that may be the reason why he's kind of backed off a little bit on Markstrom when he should have been a little harsher and maybe that's the reason why he's kind of keeping the pressure on Vladar I guess it, I, mean, I wouldn't even say that keeping the pressure on it. like I said it's just kind of a frustrated in the moment comment because there's no way you can blame Dan Vladar for anything like I said, he's the reason this team's in fifth place and, and crawling for a, a, a wild card spot and not in seventh or eighth talking about, you know, selling off pieces and, and, and tanking uh, the, the run that he was on was it 14 starts where he went, you know, third was it 10, Oh, and three, uh, you know, now he has back-to-back -back bad, bad games. You can't blame him for that, especially when he's a guy that, you know, was supposed to be your firm number two at the beginning of the year. Markson was supposed to round back in the form, give you 55 stars. That's probably not going to be the case here. You're probably going to be, you know, obviously injuries aside, more of a true split of a 1A, 1B system. And if Calgary does find themselves in the playoffs, they're going to have to ask themselves the question of who's going to, to start in that. Is it going to be Vladar moving forward? Can he, He's been the one to carry them when they needed it the most. Or, or can Markstrom round in the form and get hot going in, into the postseason? So, there's a lot of things that Sutter Sutter's playing playing chess here, and and like I said, I think I kind of do agree with the comment in the chat about you know maybe his voice is getting lost in the locker room. That's the reason why I didn't think he should have had a multi-year uh, extension after he was brought into Calgary, but they made that choice. Now they got to roll with it, and I think you know Sutter's kind of being a little more cautious about not throwing Marshall on the bus because. He knows that he does have that potential to turn things around. And also, you can't afford to bury him. And then now you're in the race, and now you have to run uh, Vladar into the ground and, and give him big minutes. So I think I think he's trying to play it a little safe in the reason why he hasn't said the same things about Marshall the way he said about Vladar last night. Yeah, yeah feeling the veteran guy can handle it. Although now you've, you're, we'll see what – and look, Daryl Sutter's coaching style, it's going to test you as a player to be mentally tough. Oh, absolutely. You have to. yeah. If you're mentally fragile, you're not going to survive under Daryl Sutter. Yep. As simple as that. He is tough as fuck. He's a prickly fuck. We know that, uh, especially in the dressing room. Um, it's uh, And look, he's going to test your mental resilience. 
and he's going to test your mental strength and your fortitude. He's going to crack the whip. And those things we see in the dressing room, crack the whip, you know, you know, say something, you know, in terms of, you know, putting you down the lineup. He'll do that often with guys that are struggling. Um, and so Jonathan Huberto is one of the guys that has clearly had trouble adjusting to Daryl Sutter and adjusting mm-hmm. to this team. And we know who his agent is. And you see it on the screen on this tweet here from Alan Walsh, who represents many players uh, in the National Hockey League and often will come to their defense. We know what he did with Marc-Andre Fleury. You know, he represents Marc-Andre Fleury. And, you know, it's getting bad with a team right now and the way things are going when the agent is piping up on Twitter and putting out a tweet like this after yeah. last night's loss to a Detroit. The definition of his insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. Also, negativity sucks the joy right out of players. You know, pass that along to the Calgary Flames. So, and that, yeah, that tells you that the agent now, and the agent's talking to the player routinely. You know, that's the guy that represents them. So I'm sure he's hearing things from players, from his own players that he represents as an agent, Alan Walsh, that says, you know what? This is not a good situation right now with the Calgary Flames. When he's coming out on Twitter saying that, you know, it really makes this situation, it makes you feel the situation is getting worse, not better. What's going on with this Flames team right now, Alex? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, I mean, I, I appreciate when Alan Walsh gets on uh, Twitter and, and fires away because this is the kind of information stuff that, that we – Yeah, people uh, we say, desire, us, you know, be quiet. Don't post this shit on Twitter. Represent the players. Do your job. Stop sounding off and going on Twitter with the sounding board. I say, you know what? I like his honesty. I appreciate that he puts his opinion out there publicly. He says what's on his mind. He cares about the best, you know, for his players that he represents. And more than anything, you just said it, Alex, from a betting standpoint, as betters and handicappers, it's information that helps us. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, for us, I love it. But if I'm a player uh, and he's my agent, uh, yeah, I kind of want him to be quiet. Like, I, I, I would not want this kind of information being out because this now sends a signal to everyone uh that you know there's some kind of issue now in, in this flames locker room and this is a flames locker room that has been kind of fragile for really the greater part of this last decade uh the coaching change that they made we you know we heard stories of a few years ago about how you know guys were you know partying and, and you know breaking curfews and different things Bob and Hartley, was- Glenn Gullitson, Bill Peters yeah. I mean it's endless yeah right you know and so there's always been some kind of issue with with this with this court with this group uh, you know, and it's been more kind of off ice or, or things stemming from off ice leading onto the ice uh, and, and disrupting this team. But like I said, I appreciate we, we appreciate the information as betters and, and handicappers and, and even as fans, uh, you know, a little bit of drama in the NHL, something you don't see too often, but uh, at least on, on, on this kind of a surface level drama. And uh, but yeah, but if, if I'm a player and he's representing me, you know, you were kind of spilling a little bit too much of the tea. And, you know, now, you know, we can kind of, you know, stir up the pot, you know, uh, the talking heads, as you mentioned, in Calgary, they're going to run with this like crazy and, and stir the pot even more. And, you know, now it, it brings up questions naturally within us just now in seeing this and, and like what you just mentioned about, you know, with Sutter, the kind of coach that he is and talking about Mark. That was directed at Sutter. It had to be. Oh, for sure. Definitely. But it, but it makes you think now in going back to Sutter, you know, has he lost the voice? Uh, has his voice been lost in that locker room? You know, if, if he's being so tough on guys like Jacob Markstrom and, and Hubert Doe, you know, 
okay, so now are you going to stick with your stars that you're paying a bunch of money and committed to, or are you going to go with this veteran coach that you brought back in for the second term who clearly seems to, you know, not be truly fully adapting to what the modern NHL is looking like? Uh, you know, why would you make that choice and run with stutter when you have talent? This is, we're not talking about a team that we're trying to get talented, you know, uh, a talent boost out of. We're talking about a, a good group on paper, a really good group on paper. A potential championship team on paper. So, you know, at some point, it, it can't all be well. The players aren't executing. At some point, we have you have to start looking at the coaching. You have to start looking at the intangibles. And I think there's some some issues now with the intangibles of the Flames. I, I find it a cop out that now people are reversing course now on this Calgary team when they're struggling, saying this team was never good enough to be a Stanley Cup contender anyway. I call bullshit on that. So you're telling me adding Jonathan Huberto on the from the President's Trophy winning Florida Panthers and a three-digit point season last year, 100-plus points, and getting Nazem Kadri, a winner, a flat-out winner, that guy as a player. I'd have him on my team in a heartbeat. And a Stanley Cup champion last year with the Colorado Avalanche doesn't make that team a whole lot better. I mean, my goodness. I mean, I think everybody now that they're struggling says, oh, I never thought they were going to be a cup contender when they lost Gaudreau and they lost Kachuk last year. I say BS on that. You're only saying that now because they're struggling. Where were you back in the summer when you were saying, hey, Calgary's built this shit right back up again to be right back in the hunt again last year? And now they're reversing course, all these people uh, that say now that oh, they never had a good enough roster to begin with. No. This is a roster that you look on this roster on paper, you can't tell me they can't be at least a playoff team and maybe make a deep run. They're not playing up to that level. That's the issue. The roster's good enough. They're not playing up to that level right now. Yeah. And and I think we're going to see a radical shift. It's funny. I was talking about this with somebody about maybe a month ago. We're due for a radical shift in the NHL and its style. We've seen the increase of offense the last few years. And what have we seen now this season? We've seen a lot more close defensive battles. We're seeing the defenses improve. We're seeing the goaltending as a whole get a little bit better and, and, and teams adjusting to these newer rules. And, and I think now at some point in the next couple of years, the defenses are going to continue to get better. You have to have offensive creativity. I'm not talking about offensive talent. There's a ton of offensive talent in the league. You just mentioned it. But you need offensive creativity. And these coaches that have never been creative offensively, the the, the Sutters of the world, the Paul Maurice's for the most part in the last decade, he's been more of a defensive-minded coach. Even look at Dave Haxtell and look at how Seattle, when, you know, the, the look at last night. When they're hot, they're hot. But when they're cold, they're cold. And when they're cold, it's mostly related to the fact that they aren't getting their offense rolling. These defensive-minded coaches either are going to have to have somebody on that bench that is more offensive-minded and more creative on, on the offensive end, or they're going to have to adapt themselves. And, and, and in the case of Sutter, he doesn't seem like a guy who's going to adapt or make many changes with his philosophies at this point because, uh, you, know, at one, you know, at one point he can always just say to all of us, fuck you guys, I have rings. And what I've done has worked, and, and the, the, the you know proof is in the pudding. But, yes, yeah. we're talking about 15, 20, 25 years ago. We're not talking about here in the present and the future. What you've done is great, but what you're doing and continue to do is not. Yeah, yeah he hasn't been great on the defensive end. I agree with what Perlo was saying in the chat. You're right, Huberto, and that's a problem with Sutter. If you're not right. going to be good away from the puck, he's got to work on that. Or else but you, did, but you also didn't bring in Jonathan Huberto to, to be a, a Selkie trophy winner. You brought the yeah. guy in to score goals. You know, and so, he's not doing that enough this year. Yeah, he just yeah. isn't. The pr production is way down, way down, 
way down from where it was uh, last year. Uh, there's no question about that. Anyway, we can go on about the Flames issues for days. They're a fascinating team because Nick Earl hits on a great point. Their advanced analytics are spectacular. They look like the, the advanced numbers and goals expected and uh, for and against and high danger chances for and against all that great shit. It's looking awesome for the Calgary Flames, and yet it's not matching their win-loss record right now. And that ends up uh, being uh, a shame uh, and something they're going to have to find a way to overcome. Uh, Jimmy, a great time to bring Jimmy Murphy in before we get yeah. to today's news. But, Jimmy, we're talking about this uh, underachieving Calgary Flames group and another bad loss last night. And you look at the situation now, uh, you know, just things haven't clicked. They haven't gotten timely goal scoring, the defensive play and the goaltending all at once. You got Alan Walsh piping up on Twitter now about the Calgary team and their struggles. I mean, things are getting worse, not better there right now. Yeah, it's it's brutal now. And I don't blame Alan Walsh at all there. And look, he's he's made it clear that uh, in the past he's, he confronts the, the his client first and gets there okay and says, look, I'm going to do this. If you don't want me to, then I won't. So clearly he had Vladar's uh, okay to do this as he has with Flurry and then going way back to Halak uh, and the whole Halak price ordeal back in 2010. Does he represent Vladar? Yes. Oh, yes. maybe was, that's maybe what this was about. Picking up yeah. for Vladar, not Huberto. Yeah. Oh, oh, no. Oh, wait, okay. You know what? You're right. You're right. This was for Huberto, but he does oh. represent Vladar as well. Wow. Oh, well, so, I'm sure he still wasn't happy hearing him say, well, he certainly didn't give us a chance yeah. to win now, did it? And that, yeah. that gives him even more credence to, to tweet that out, though. Yeah, so I think it was kind of a, a, you know, just kind of a cluster bleep of all the negativity came together. And, and you know, Walsh said, screw this. And I don't blame him. And I wish more people, you know, look, I'm not on the ground in Calgary. I'm not going in that dressing room every day as a reporter like I am here in Boston. So, I, you know, I'm not trying to... Uh, insult the media there but it's like why i said this was it last week or the week before why does daryl sutter get this free pass enough already man he's yeah. the problem not hubido not the players he is the problem and also i would i would put it on trey living as well you put together a team that just does not fit daryl sutter and daryl sutter doesn't fit today's nhl that's just the way it is he refuses to adapt he's a dinosaur and he needs to go there you go. Can't adapt. Basically, Coaching like the basically, basically mirrored what I just said, Jimmy. Like like two yep. minutes ago, we're we're right on right on right in lockstep right there. Yep. And it's, if you refuse to adapt, I mean, it's it, it's a to and it's a totally different player you're coaching these days. You know, mm -hmm. they just can't be ripped. They can't be tarred and feathered. They can't be just completely reamed out every time they make a little mistake. You've got to coach them, talk to them like an adult. Say, hey, you did this wrong. We can't have that. But here, 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 and here. Here's what you got to do. Work on this and be, communicate with them. And I, I look from what you see every day. It's funny to listen to, and it's deadpan delivery, and it's you know start and stop you know verbiage when he's talking to the media. But obviously, that's not a guy that's adept for the best conversation and communication with his players, in my opinion. No, I but, think you're exactly right. I think you're exactly right. I mean, look, he he yeah. he he made fun of a guy's NHL debut. I yeah. mean, he 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 stole away what should have been a highlight of this guy's career and turned it into a negative because he thinks he's funny. Well, you know what? You're not funny anymore, man. You're about as funny as watching paint dry. And that's how fun watching your team is too. So it's yeah, just, that's for sure. especially when you have money on them. Yeah. Uh, it's just whatever. I think he's got to go, but I just, that, from what I hear, he's very tight with ownership there. The media loves him. Uh, I don't see it happening, unfortunately for the players there. Yeah. And it's yeah. it's just crazy. I mean, like I said, in the fact that you've made this investment and made these moves 
with these players. And like I said, this is a championship, you know, quality team on paper. But the yep. fact that the that that you know management knows aren't fitting not, and yeah. the style of the coach isn't fitting with them. Yep. Right, right. And like I said, it I, I right on this show when they made that move, I was one of the first people to say this makes no sense to me. Why would you go backward and get Sutter when you could progress and, and get somebody who's who's more in step and more in tune with today's well, here's the thing. It was a great interim move, right? Alex, sure, it was, right. It was yeah. a good move at the time, but it wasn't yeah. the move to okay, now this is how we're going forward, and this this is where the organization is going right now. It's just exactly it's just not. And then you go out and you get those you make those uh the trade for Huberty, who's just not a Sutter type of player, mm-hmm. uh just doesn't fit into that system. It a lot of it doesn't make sense, man. And you know, it's tough because I have you know, I'm tight with uh, Chris Snow. Obviously, you guys know about him and all he's gone through with the ALS. And it's tough for me to see, you know, I, I think if Chris wasn't as sick, and I'm not saying this just because I'm I'm his friend. I, I think if Chris wasn't going through what he's going through right now, he maybe could have gotten the air, the ear of Tree Living and said, yeah. nah, you know, man, I, I'm just letting you know, you make the final call, but I don't think this is the direction you want to go because – because Chris is more of the new wave, you know, and, that, and that's yeah. why you bring in people. That's why you want different voices around there. Yeah. I don't think there's enough different voices from the outside. This is how it looks that are in that organization and, and are going to stand up. And it's almost look, guys, you know, Sutter's the old school and he's got this tough at it. It's almost like they're afraid to stand up to him. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and it's just sooner or later, they got to pull the trigger on this because this is a shame. I mean, this is a wasted team. Yeah. And they got the red-hot New York Rangers, albeit on a back-to-back because they play tonight in Edmonton, but they got the red-hot New York Rangers coming in tomorrow night mm. uh, into Calgary. So it's not going to get any easier for the Flames. By the way, I want to mention, since you brought up Chris Snow, they're absolute warriors, those two. Chris and his wife, Kelsey, uh, yeah. and everything yeah. they've gone through uh, with that. Uh, the st- they've had they've been interviewed a cu- couple of times, the two of them, mm. on Hockey Night in Canada. It's it's Your heart goes out to them. It's just such a debilitating disease. Yeah. You've got to go through to persevere through it. I can't imagine. Can't imagine. Yeah, his, his father, guys, was uh, actually one of my mentors when I came up through the through the ranks, you know, and he got me a job at NHL.com early on in my career, and he's just a wonderful man. And he died as well four years ago from ALS. And his brother, Chris's uncle, also died from ALS and the, and their grandfather. So clearly, unfortunately, it went right through the family. So four four people have been hit with this uh, in that family, and I've known about ten people have gone. It's just I don't wish that on my worst enemy, to be honest. No, yeah, it's, it's awful. It's an awful disease. Awful disease. It, it, it took a took a, took um Boreas Salming away from us. I mean, it's just uh, absolutely awful, awful stuff. And uh, we wish them well. We pray for them every day. Chris and Kelsey and Chris Snow. The uh, Keeps on going through, uh, gets on through it. Uh, all right, let's. We got the Friday card, Jimmy. We're, we got five games. Uh, let's get into it. We'll start with Chicago and Ottawa. We've got the Senators minus two eighty home favorites, six and a half the total uh, in this game. Um, Chicago, uh, you tell me, Alex. Uh, that Chicago Toronto game, nine seconds in, they're down one nothing. Is like that's going to be one of those nights. Did you know it right then and there? Yeah. Yeah, it was it was pretty much writing on the wall. Even when they came back and scored with like a minute, it was a minute and a half later, they came back to tie the game, which was kind of funny because I tweeted out, well, you know, everybody's wondering why is this the rumored to be the largest favorite in NHL history that has not been confirmed, by the way. Like FanDuel basically tweeted that out. It's like well, FanDuel's only been you know booking games for three years. So, uh, but with that being said, we talked about it. Why you don't lay six ten is because Chicago actually came back and did pressure Toronto and kind of kept them on the heels in that first period, and that's why 
it's hard to trust the Leafs, but it's even harder to trust the Blackhawks. So they're a mess. Yeah, no question. And you could tell right away it was going to be a rough night. It was a rough night for Chicago. It was a rough night for uh, Peter Morozik in net. One of many rough nights he's had uh, this season in net. A 5-2 win for the Toronto Maple Leafs TNT on Wednesday night. Uh, Chicago looking to bounce back here against an Ottawa team that uh, I'll give the Ottawa Senators a ton of credit for. You know, that was a tough spot. They roared back to steal one against Calgary. And then on a back-to-back against the Islanders, and the Islanders are rested off losses, looking to bounce back. And the Ottawa Senators went in there and shocked the Islanders in a shootout, all thanks to the Italian Stallion in net in his NHL debut, Kevin Mandelazzi. He was absolutely outstanding. I mean, he was phenomenal. 40-plus saves, incredible performance. I thought for sure, I thought for sure that the Ottawa Senators were going to roar right back with Mandelazzi tonight after that game without good he played, winning his first ever NHL start. But surprisingly, Mad Sogard is getting the start. And I don't want to make it sound like Mad Sogard's not capable because they won against Calgary with him. But I thought because he was just so great against the Islanders, they would have given uh, Kevin Mandelazzi the start once again. But uh, not the case. Mad Sogard will be a net. One thing I've noticed about Sogard, big guy. Really is. Covers a lot of net. But he's very, very poor with his lateral movement, post to post. He's like a snail trying to get creased. So if I'm Chicago, I'm looking to move that puck quickly side to side, get him moving a little bit uh, in between the uh, pipes and maybe you open up some seams and you open up some open net uh, to shoot at uh, in this game tonight. I'd certainly look to do that if I'm Chicago with uh, just putting my scouting report hat on when I look at that goalie. That's what I would look to be doing here in this game. I like over six and a half. I think it's going to be two teams going nowhere, going to be one of those sloppy up and down affairs uh, I think Ottawa will score on the Morozik and this, you know, very weak Chicago defense. And Ottawa's scoring goals in bunches lately. If you actually look, they've started to put up some goals lately. I think Chicago, though, could do some damage because I'm not fully on board with Sogard and fully trustworthy uh, of Sogard just yet. So this has the makings of like a 5-3, I think, Ottawa win, 4-3 Ottawa, 5-2, something like that. And I think it goes over the uh, total uh, in this one. So I like over six and a half here with uh, Chicago and Ottawa. Player props, we're going to, again, start mentioning some of these, especially the shots on goal variety, because they've been so good. I mean, if you're going to look at goal score props, Athanasiu um, for Chicago's had chances, and he's scored a little bit more lately. You could go in that direction uh, for Chicago. Uh, certainly, And a couple more, too. Domi's uh, been getting opportunities. could look in that direction. On the Ottawa side, Stutzla's on fire. Batherson's been incredible. Kachuk is piling up points, so you could go in multiple directions there uh, for sure uh, in this game. Uh, but there are uh, shots on goal props galore that I like tonight in this game. Thomas Shabbat, he's gone over his shots on goal prop eight of the last ten games. I like that. Timmy Stutzla, he's shooting the puck a lot. It's only minus 130 or so for his over two and a half shots on goal. I like that a lot. And this might be the player prop of the night uh, in the NHL. And I'm getting to it, Jarek. Hold on. I'm just setting the table. Alex Dabrinkit, number one player prop on the whole night for me in this game. I'm sure he's not thrilled that Chicago just said, all right, you know, this rebuild is going to continue without you. We thought maybe you'd be one of those young pieces we'd build around. And Alex has talked about that, that maybe Alex Dabrinkit would have been kept in Chicago, build around him. That did not happen. Uh, He gets dealt to Ottawa. And this is now a chance to pay back his former team and any player is up to play their former team. There is no question about that. This is, this is a, this is actually a bigger bet for me in the player prop department than normal uh, for me with the We like his over shots on goal. We got to pay a little juice. 
but I think it's juice worth laying uh, in this uh, prop here with his overshots on goal for Debrinket, which is uh, over a two and a half at around minus 150, uh, minus 165 actually at the DraftKings. It's gone up a bit, but I still, it's juice worth laying. You could go three and a half actually if you want, you know, plus money, plus 110. I think he could get to four shots. He's shooting the puck tonight, period. I think against this auto against the Chicago team, he wants to prove a point. I think he wants to have a big night against them. So any shots on goal prop for Debrinket uh, over two and a half minus one sixty is what I bet. But if you want a little value, you could go over three and a half plus one ten. And I do think he'll get over that shots on goal prop as well. And I absolutely am going to bet him uh, anytime goal scorer tonight uh, in this game. And I'm going to do a rare Jimmy Murphy sprinkle on the hat trick for Alex Debrinket tonight. Uh, in this game as well. Uh, I think definitely he is a motivated son of a gun uh, going into this matchup. He's plus 138, by the way, the best price out there on Debrinket to score a goal tonight. And the uh, hat trick price, obviously, like I said, I think this has this is, this is has a legit chance of happening because I think he's going to want to have uh, one hell of a hockey game tonight for the um, uh, Ottawa Senators playing his former team tonight. I'm just looking to see now the uh, multi-goal uh, scores. Here we go. 22 to 1. 22 to one for Alex to bring it to get a hat trick tonight. Just a couple bucks, you know, on that. But I'm going to take a shot with that as well. Alex, uh, Chicago and Ottawa. Yeah, I think um, the best thing to probably do would be maybe put, you know, if you like to bring it to score tonight, which I do. And I actually got him at two goals or more plus 500. But I would say maybe take a unit and split it. Go half unit, anytime goal score, quarter unit for two goals and quarter unit for a, a hat trick. Uh, that might be the, the best way to attack that if you have a, a good feel about a player like that. I don't know. You could kind of maybe, you know, piggyback to that if that's a, a good option to do. If you'd like a guy to get multiple goals for a game, you know, certain, in certain instances, obviously, you would just, just stack that every night. But if, would that be something you would recommend if it's someone you're, you're circling highly on the evening to maybe take a unit and split it up amongst that from a goal scoring perspective? Yeah, definitely. Uh, if you really think they're going to make a huge impact here, yeah. Uh, like I said, this is one of those nights where I think he's shooting the puck a lot, hence why we like over two and a half, hence why I would not be scared to bet over three and a half shots on goal with Debrinket either. And I, I also think in this game tonight, uh, he's going to be uh, obviously have an opportunity to score a lot of goals. It's not a great Ottawa defensive team. We know Mad Sogard is still a big question mark in net about his ability night to night. So I think he scores one goal for sure. And I think there's a very good chance he can get two or three. So I think this is definitely a night to look five to one, two goals or more, 22 to one, like I said, on the hat trick uh, right. for uh, Debrinket here. It's it's worth a sprinkle, in my opinion, uh, in, a, yeah. in a game like this. Yep. So, yeah. So I, so I took a shot with Debrinket, uh, like I said, two goals or more plus 500. I like the draw here at plus 400 as well. I think this could be one of those up and down games, like you said. I mean, obviously, neither team's really playing for much of anything. Ottawa may have more interest in this one, obviously, than Chicago. And uh, like you mentioned about Sogard, he's definitely not uh, the goalie in waiting for the Sens. Like you said, he's a big body. He's been a project in waiting, but his lateral movement's not that good. Uh, we've seen him kind of, you know, have some shaky numbers in, in the AHL. So this feels like it could be a, a bit of a track meet, and we know how Morazic has looked. So, uh, you know, no, no uh, reason to kind of harbor on that. This, this definitely is an over game for sure. Even at six and a half, you can still get a plus price. It's a plus 104, plus 105. So I like the over. I like the draw. I like to bring it to get two goals or more than that. There we go. Over, draw, to bring it two plus goals for Alex, which is actually plus 610 at uh, Fan FanDuel and Bet365 are the two main bets 
books that I use for the multi goal score props, the two goals or more, or the three goals or more. I know you can find them at FanDuel. I know you can find them at Bet365. Uh, I think they're probably elsewhere too, but those are the main two books that I use for those. Uh, Jimmy, what do you think here? Chicago, Ottawa. I'm with you guys. I see a lot of goals in this. Uh, I think tonight they're retiring Chris Neal's number as well. I think before the game, you know, the place is going to be rocking. It's going to be a fun atmosphere. Um, You're not, not going to get much value really on uh, a Jimmy puck line here, but I'll take it anyways. I'm looking at minus 106 for the puck line uh, on Ottawa. And then I'm going to take the the first period over and the over total. All right, there we go. First period over and the uh, full game over uh, for uh, Jimmy as well in uh, this game tonight. I was going to say, we all feel it's going to be a high score, but I do think this might be a game where you could probably wait on that first period over. I'm seeing because I'm seeing 150s, 155s. You could probably wait and grab that in game. They usually don't score too early, even Ottawa, uh, in in the first. So so you might be able to wait. And I wouldn't take a risk and wait for the full game over. I would grab that. But first period over, I'd say maybe wait a little bit and wait for that drop of about maybe 15, 20 something. Yeah, which is always definitely something you can consider with the uh, getting a better line and price with the uh, live overs. All right, Pittsburgh Penguins, New York Islanders. We've got the uh, Islanders slight uh, home favorites. Actually, I should change that. That should be minus 115 on the Islanders. Uh, the total, five and a half, six, depending on where you look here in this game. I think it's a great situational bet on the Islanders because they got Pittsburgh coming off the uh, West Coast uh, against Anaheim, L.A., and San Jose. They played those three teams in a row. Uh, and now they're coming back to the East and playing a road game before they get home. Whereas the Islanders now, they've lost a couple in a row against Vancouver, Montreal, and Ottawa. And look, they could have beat Vancouver, one goal loss, overtime loss to Montreal, shootout loss to Ottawa. You know, it's not like the Islanders were terrible uh, in these games. They just couldn't find a way to win uh, in this one. But, uh, you know, I look at this game here as a situation where Pittsburgh coming off the West Coast against San Jose, uh, I don't trust them here. It sets up well for the Islanders. I like the Islanders here at a short price. If it was more than this, I may con- reconsider. But, uh, you know, the Pittsburgh road record still isn't great. The Islanders have won two straight times, hosting the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins 5-4 and 5-1 uh, earlier this season when these teams played. And again, for Pittsburgh, they haven't exactly been great at putting wins together uh, lately. Uh, in their last uh, four tries after a win, they're just 1-3. and three. So, you know, putting wins together is a uh, – been a struggle for them still dealing with a couple of injuries Tristan Jari's not ready to come back yet so it looks like it's going to be uh, Casey DeSmith once again in net although it hasn't been confirmed yet for Pittsburgh we expect Ilya Sorokin for the Islanders but again we haven't uh, convinced them yet so I just think at this price minus 115 rested home team team coming back from the west coast team that's been inconsistent like Pittsburgh and DeSmith's been inconsistent you know he's had a bad game and he can come back and be excellent like he was against San Jose the other night, but he's been very much good start one game, bad start the next uh, out of him, and he's been worked a lot too, so that does concern me. So I like the Islanders here, minus 115. I like the over a little bit too, not as much as the side, but now that it's dropped to five and a half at DraftKings and a couple other books, I do like the over a little bit, five and a half minus 120. Uh, Alex, Penguins, Islanders. Yeah, I lean with the over in this one. I kind of lean with the draw too. I know these two teams had they played back in the day a lot of games that were close and going into overtime against one another, but uh, it hasn't been the case in recent history. But like I said, this is kind of a, a bit of a tricky spot. I could see where it'd be high scoring uh, more than usual. So I would lean with that over if you can grab a five and a half. Otherwise, wait in game for that six to drop down. But uh, this probably won't make my card fully. Like I said, I'm, I can't take the draw here because just the history of these two teams and, and 
uh, like I said, the spot I could see this one maybe being close, but kind of getting away a little bit late. So. Yeah, that uh, definitely, uh, definitely, it's one of those games. It's a little bit uh, tricky. There's no question. Brock Nelson's on a like 11 game point streak uh, right now for the uh, New York Islanders. By the way, he's just been absolutely sensational. Uh, yeah, 11 games with a point. Uh, you could look in that direction. Dobson, he's got a point in three straight games. Brock Nelson's gone over his shots on goal in three straight games. So there's a few props to uh, consider here in this game. Crosby with at, uh, at least one point in nine of the last uh, ten games for the uh, 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 for the uh, Penguins as well. So uh, there's a couple props that uh, would show you that uh, t- players that are playing well right now. I, I don't mind Horvat look tonight. He's been a little bit quiet here the last couple games. I could see him coming back to life tonight. Like if you're going to bet Islanders to uh, produce offensively, you focus in right now on Brock Nelson, Bo Horvat, and, and maybe to a lesser extent uh, Lee. Uh, because those have been the guys that have been uh, getting the job done lately and uh, for the Islanders. What do you think here, Jimmy? Pittsburgh, New York Islanders. Yeah, this is, this is an interesting one to me, man. I just I These are two other teams. I know we were talking about Calgary to start the show off that I just can't figure out. I mean, they, they baffle me so much. So, so frustrating, these two teams. So I'm going to stay away from the side and the total in this, but I am going to look at some props here, and I'm going to give you one on the Islanders side, guys. Give me Josh Bailey to score a goal. Couldn't really get it done up on that top line with Barzell and Horvat. He got demoted. I think he responds. I think he comes out with a big game to try and uh, shove it in his coach's face. So <laughs> give me Bailey. You mute it. Yeah, and that's not a bad look there, uh, Jimmy, in terms of uh, looking toward uh, Bailey. You always get a motivated player when they've had uh, the coach basically uh, criticize their play and sit them down. So we'll see what Bailey does tonight. And uh, Parise, the look from uh, Jarek Rubel, 1,200th game, and he's got good numbers against the Penguins. And he's up on the second line. You know, they have moved him up the lineup. So that's it's not a bad bargain bin look with uh, the old man, as I like to call him. Yeah, that's what he guys, is now. Just quickly there, too. Like, I don't know about you, and because the Bruins played Dallas the other night. You know, so Ryan Suter's on Dallas. Parisian, I, I don't know about you, but I kind of just forgot those two guys were in the league. I feel horrible. I don't yeah. know what it is. I feel like once they left Minnesota, to me, they just left the NHL. And they've still been going at it, you know. And I don't know why it just slipped my mind. I'm like, oh, my God, Ryan Suter's on a Dallas star. So just a funny an- anecdote there. One thing to consider, too, is we assume Bailey's going to be on the uh, third line tonight, but it's worth noting they uh, Lane Lambert put Parise up there with uh, on the top line for a bit against Ottawa. Oh, he's flip-flopping night. the whole game. Yep. I've been watching. Yep. He's been – because he's desperate right now, guys. I yep. think he fears for his job. So yep. he's going to try a lot of things in-game. Yeah, he put Parise with Barzell and Horvat for mm. a part of that game on Tuesday night. So if he gets some top-line minutes, that means that Parise prop there, you know, plus 325 for him to score a goal, it, it, it's going to be more live if he's going to get top-line minutes. Uh, that's for sure. So something to keep an eye on here tonight. All right, next up, we've got the Dallas Stars and the Minnesota Wild as things continue to just uh, flounder uh, in uh, Alex's neck of the woods with the Minnesota Wild right now. Uh, even money, minus 110 both sides, five and a half the total in this game. I mean, I'm sticking with it. You know, it's been fade Minnesota for me since the All-Star break, um, and I've been cashing in each time. We took uh, Florida against them. Uh, we took Arizona the first game after the break against them. We took Vegas against them. I took New Jersey. That's the one game they won, uh, the Minnesota Wild. And we came. And we were against them with Colorado. I took Colorado the other night against Minnesota. I said, who cares about the back-to-back? You're getting plus 120 with this Colorado team. 
a team I trust a hell of a lot more, even on a back-to-back when the struggling Minnesota team laying minus 140. And sure enough, Colorado gets the uh, 3-2 to two win uh, against Minnesota, even on a back-to-back after the tough loss against Tampa Bay at home uh, the night before. Uh, I like Dallas here, minus 110. We have Ottinger confirmed in net for Dallas, Jake Ottinger, and Philip Gustafson in net for Minnesota. You know, I hate to say this, but I, I don't think uh, Dean Evison has a choice. He's got to start Gustafson. I mean, Fleury's just having a tough time right now. He's even getting the friggin' Bronx cheer the other night uh, in that game, and that's unbelievable. You know how much he's struggling because people love Fleury as a person, and the fact that he's having so many issues in net this year that they're giving him the Bronx cheer there when he makes a save at XL Energy Center the other night. That's rough, uh, and that tells you what uh, how things are going right now. So I like Dallas here. This could be, and for me, this is also a little sprinkle on the draw, actually, in this game. Just at plus 310, plus 320, I could see this being a tight game, probably a low-scoring game because Minnesota can't score right now. What, two goals or less in every game since the All-Star break, and I don't consider three goals against New Jersey because that was a shootout. They really only scored two goals in that game. So they haven't scored more than two goals since the All-Star break. So I like Dallas minus 110, a smaller bet on the draw. And I like Joel Erickson Eck over shots, uh, over two and a half. You got to lay some lay a price with that, but it's been automatic. Five straight uh, games for Erickson Eck. He's gone over his shots on goal prop, and he's averaged over four shots on goal during that span. Uh, he's the one constant offensively lately for the uh, Minnesota Wild. He's actually been a good point producer uh, as well. Uh, for Minnesota. Like it's basically their offense right now, Alex, it's down to Kaprizov, Erickson Eck, and, and maybe a little dose of Zuccarello too. Yep. And other than that, they're getting nothing. And I mean, absolutely nothing from anybody else in this lineup offensively. It's all Kaprizov. It's all Erickson Eck with a little bit of with a little dash of Zuccarello uh, on the side. That's about it. So I like the shots on goal over for Erickson Eck tonight. Uh, he's actually reasonably priced to get a point minus 160. I mean, it's juiced, juicy, but it, I think it could be higher on that just to get a point. So if anything's going to happen for Minnesota, Erickson X been at the forefront of it for them uh, lately. Uh, what do you think here, Alex? Dallas, Minnesota. Yeah, I'm right there with you on, on Dallas and uh, a sprinkle on the draw, maybe like a half unit, smaller smaller unit play on the draw because Minnesota's been playing tight. Dallas has played tight as well. And, of course, like I said, another divisional game. This is just situationally a good spot to play something small on the draw, but uh, it, it's fade Minnesota right now. That was a, a demoralizing loss in regulation against Colorado uh, at home. You had ample chances to get back in that contest, ample chances to take over that contest, and they just could not do it. And they're, they're just they're struggling right now, and and they're in their own heads, they're in their way. And like I said, the fans are, are giving it to them. Uh, the fans are not on, on Flurry's side right now, but they also kind of know that there's nothing they can do about this tandem. There's no way they can you know, try and shake and make a deal and upgrade their goaltending. They got to ride with what they have. And more than likely that means giving Gustafson the bulk of the starts down the stretch because Flurry, for the great hall of fame career that he's had, he's starting to show some signs of his age, starting to show some signs that he's played a lot of big hockey uh, over, you know, what, 17, 18 years. And it's starting to wear down on him. Uh, it's just natural. So, this is a bad spot for the Wild right now, and even playing at home, they just like I said, can't figure things out. Dallas has been playing rough as well. This is one of those spots where I think we're going to see a big night from Ottinger. I would maybe look at his over saves prop. It's something I very rarely play, but uh, you know, I'm seeing you know, laying a dollar twenty to get over twenty eight and a half saves. I think Ottinger comes out has a big game, and I think that's what rallies Dallas to getting this win. Could be a close one, might go past sixty minutes, but Dallas should get the victory in the two points. 
All right, there we go. Like in Dallas here, a sprinkle on the draw. Hey, I, this worked out perfectly. If you'll remember earlier this week, I took Boston and the draw. A little bit of both against Dallas earlier this week. And sure enough, Boston won in overtime uh, against the uh, Dallas Stars. So I, this is a good philosophy here. I think you can go 2-0. and It wouldn't shock me at all if Dallas wins this in overtime or a shootout. They could win this in regulation, but they, they could get, it could go beyond regulation. I think you do have a shot to go 2-0 and with Dallas and, and the draw as well in this game. But we'll see how it uh, plays out. A couple more shots props, too, for the uh, Stars. Hints, I think, because he's been one of their bright lights offensively. Marchment's trending over his shots prop. Haskinen, Miro Haskinen from the blue line, is trending over his shots prop lately as well. So those are a couple of looks there. And Dallas shots on goal props tonight in this game. Marchment, Hints, Haskinen. Uh, for the uh, stars right now. Uh, Jimmy, Dallas, Minnesota. Yeah, sorry, guys. There, I froze for a bit. Um, look, I just want to go back to that game, too, that you referenced there, the Bruins Stars game. I, I thought, honestly, I'd say that, uh, the, the Calgary um, Rangers game a couple weeks back there, and, and maybe that Bruins Toronto game that I saw on a Saturday night in Boston, those are the three best games I've seen in the season. Like, that game the other night was great. I, I was glued to it, not just as a reporter, as a fan. It was. It felt like a playoff game. Crowd was into it, and uh, it was something else. And I give the Bruins a lot of credit on that note to do what they did in Nashville. I know they're a much better team than Nashville, but to come back and just smack Nashville like they did and not have any type of letdown, because I, I really thought they were primed for a letdown after an emotional win in Dallas there. Plus they had all their siblings on the trip. I figured they were going to be uh, having a good time in Nashville the night before. Maybe they did and they just can recover from a hangover better than me. Uh, but <laughs> you know, if they came out fired up, a little hydrolite can't help. They, yeah. I kind of had, I said on Twitter to you guys, I said, I thought they would lose the first period, but win the game. And if you watch, I mean, they've won every period obviously, but you know, Montgomery mentioned this after the game guys, he said, he didn't like their performance after the set, like after the halfway point of the second. So they actually went the other way. I guess it set in as it, as they went on in the game, they got tired and felt the ramifications of a good time. And but Swayman was up to the task. But yeah, I just want to mention that game, Dallas. I think that would be a good Stanley Cup matchup. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing Dallas in the playoffs as well. Up to this game, guys. Uh, on that note, though, I don't like some of the form I saw by Dallas in that. I don't like their response. Um, when the Bruins uh, would start to turn it on. I, I'm looking at this right now as a, a nice upset special. It's a huge game for Minnesota. It's not as big for Dallas right now. All right. They're, Dallas coming it's out of an emotional wild. game, like I said. I'm going to go wild here. Give me the underdogs. Yeah, it's, it's basically a pick em, so it's uh, it's right around even money. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Dallas is moving toward being the favorite because there are yeah. some books. That I guess I'm looking at it in terms of the yep. standings. But, yeah, it is kind yep. of a pick em right now. Yeah, but, uh, no, Minnesota, th look, if, if you believe in the value perspective, like value in the money line price, you, you definitely have some with Minnesota here. There's no question. Yeah. Minnesota's you can even jump on a reverse puck line right now and get some great yeah. value, I'm guessing. But I don't know if they can beat, beat them. By but two, I'm reading but the tea leaves. I, like I don't it. like what I'm seeing. I don't like the body language. I don't like yeah. the, the, the I, li I don't like that when they give up a goal, they sulk, they they sink a little bit. Like when Colorado scored that, first, they had a great start, but they couldn't score. And then Colorado got the first goal. It's like, oh, here we go again. And it's just yep. everybody sunk collectively yep. emotionally. That was, I, and, I don't like seeing that. 
I was I was in a bar about maybe three blocks down the street from XL Center watching that game. And that first goal, like I said, that's literally how just the whole bar. You could just just feel the 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 air in the room change. And that's exactly you could see the the look on the players' faces, you can see the fans in the crowd. He said it's just mm-hmm. the kind of same old shit, you know, that's the way that they're looking at it. Same old while, you know, have this great run at the beginning or or you know, look good at times and then all of a sudden fall flat when they need to to step up in big games and, and you know, I get what you're saying, Jimmy, but you can't underestimate that this is uh, a, a lesser game for Dallas. This is a team that's they're at the top of the division, but they've lost five of the last seven. They have been able to yeah, scrape out points point. from OT. Yeah, I think this is a bigger game for Dallas. Obviously, Minnesota's had this has been a big spot for for Minnesota. What three games now? They need to turn things around against Colorado. They need to turn yeah. things around uh, even with the win against New Jersey, but they struggled to do that. They've they've been in this we need to win mode for about. You know, five days now. Dallas is just now really kind of getting into that mindset. If they even are panicking and in that mindset, so did you guys uh, you know, hear though about uh, uh, you know I was listening to Michael Russo on air earlier today, and he was saying that apparently Billy Garen uh, went into the dressing room and just ripped them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. After that. so like, yeah. I mean, you're right. They have been in that, but maybe this is their last straw. I mean, this could be do or die for a lot of guys in that team. Trade deadline's yeah. coming up. Oh, yeah. This could be the game. I think this is the game where Garen's looking at it saying, am I a seller? Am I a buyer? You know, yep. what am I right now? And I think one yep. guy to look at, too, who apparently he he brought aside one-on-one and really ripped is Jordan Greenway. I mean, if this kid's ever going to step up and reach his potential, now's the time because I don't think his time is long in Minnesota. The problem is his value is so goddamn low right now. I don't know how they'll move him. Yeah, that's the thing, and that's probably why Bill Garrett. Yeah, you're ruining your trade value. Get yeah. your rafting gear. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I can ship you out of here. <laughs> Can't get yeah. you out of here if you're playing like shit. <laughs> oh, man. They uh, need Billy Garrett to suit up, man. That does change things right. a little that's bit. What you're saying actually happened. You know, the GM going in there and, you know, uh, saying heart, you know, tirade to the team. It does it wake him up, or does it send him even further into the tailspin? Uh, I I've seen Billy Garrett in a tirade in person. Yeah. Uh, before when he was with the Bruins way back, the fiery right competitor now. always was. Yeah, yeah. Right. You don't you don't want to be on the receiving end of no. that. Let me tell you. Well, I believe it. I believe it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and it, and it had raises questions now because I mean, for as great of a job as Everson did, obviously in the interim spot and and taking over and uh, the great season they had, regular season they had last year, you wonder if you know if this this just spirals out of control. The Wild missed the playoffs. And of course, now we know the cap troubles they're going to have moving forward the next couple of years. Does Evanson stick around? Do they do they make a change? It's a good question. Yeah. Something. Yeah. About. You know what? No, I think you're. I was thinking the same thing, Alex. Uh, great minds think alike. I think he's definitely in some danger there. I know, though. I feel like it's, is it, he's got a year, maybe even two left on his contract. That's the problem there. You don't know how much. Yeah. You know, is the ownership going to want to eat that money? Yeah. Right. They already. The they already. Yeah, they're yeah. already testing about the cash. And, and, and here's another thing, too, guys, and this is it this affects that. It's gonna affect a lot of other things, and you guys should keep an eye on it too. I'm not sure if you know about what's been going on with uh Bailey Sports in the oh, yeah. oh, Bailey Sports, yeah. oh yeah. Yeah, keep an eye on that, man, because that's gonna that's gonna have a ripple effect even into the, the sports gambling business as well, guys. Yeah. And I'm I'm telling you right now, we keep hearing about the NHL salary cap going up. First of all, Gary Beckman must have sensed this, right? Because remember a couple months ago, he walked back his comments from the beginning of the season. There was going to be a huge boost in the, in the salary mm-hmm. cap. Well, I'm guessing that's mm-hmm. why. He saw this yeah. coming. And he yeah. knew it was coming. And I'm telling you right now, I, this is, I'm not 
I don't have any source. This is just my opinion. Don't be surprised if it flatlines one more year, the cap. And it's not mm-hmm. going to get any better anytime soon. So there's yeah. some tough times coming in terms of that. Uh, and it's it's not good. No, no, it's not good. And, no. you know, it's going to mean that uh, most of the American teams, because most of them are on Bally. Baseball. There's a few that are on Comcast, NBC Sports, yeah. uh, right. like Chicago, Blackhawk, right? NBC Sports, Chicago. Yeah, well, yeah, so, yeah. so Bally, yeah, Bally Sports covers everything Minnesota here. So yeah. Wild, Timberwolves, Twins. Yeah. Uh, and, and they they'd have, have to their, look for their, a new home to put their games on essentially streaming something. Yeah. Right. And hockey, and, and, guys, that's revenue to the players that they're yep. losing. Exactly. Right. Right. And so, and, and it's a, it's a problem for sure. And, and, and people have been worried about it here. Like I said, it's been on the news and, and everything. And, and like I said, it affects all, you know, multiple sports, but it affects, I think 20 teams have uh games on on bally in the nhl and so that that's a, a real problem but here that's it's certainly the case team too most yeah. are on bally and for baseball too and yeah. and, and, and here, oh no to say here's a big a big issue specifically here in minnesota is because there are a lot of people in the metro area who do not have cable and use that for their streaming platform to watch the mm-hmm. games that had already been an issue so now that they got that corrected and now the whole thing might just go belly up is, is just really bad well, it's funny you say that. Good segue, because I, I wonder, too, because you, you just see the trend going right now. Is everything going to go to streaming soon when it comes to watching sports? I don't know. I'm like, I'm just something yep. to keep an eye on, guys. And it's, it might as well at this point. Yeah. yeah. And and then, you know, you wonder what the subscription prices are going to be like and how many people, it's just the way the economy is, how many people are going to get phased out of watching sports? Well, and, and, and the crazy thing, too, is that, and it's funny, I just had this conversation yesterday not to get too far sorry to go into a rabbit hole guys (laughs) no 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 but but this is the thing is that uh i was talking to somebody i have a friend and uh, my friend who lives out in denver she doesn't have cable she streams everything and we're talking about how i'm saying about the reason why netflix and hulu all these streaming platforms are even able to outbid cable networks and 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 the national you know power networks uh is because of the fact that abc's and cbs's nbc's have so much money tied up in sports that every year they have to really flip a coin and be like, do we want to add more regular, you know, primetime programming or are we bidding for the Big Ten or SEC package in college football? Yeah. And so with that happening, there's going to be a shift. The, the reason that TV has been split apart as we know it, 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 the networks are blaming sports anyway. So it would make sense for at some point the leagues to pretty much say, hey, fuck it. Let's just all get together and just we just basically create ESPN all over again. Yeah, that, that that's what that's what's heading towards. Wow. Yeah. Now, and remember, if these net, if Bally Sports regional networks go down for the count, then all these NBA, NHL, MLB teams are going to be scrambling to find a place to put their teams' games on that aren't nationally televised. They have to scramble. Just the sports gambling is becoming legal in so many yeah. places. We got to deal with yeah. this now. Yeah. So they've got to either find, they're going to have to either hope some local affiliate maybe puts them on an NBC locally or a CBS yeah. local, but that's probably not going to happen because they don't want to bump their primetime television shows. And up. that yeah. one good thing about, I know, like I said, I can't speak for, for every hockey? city that's, that's, not that's having issues, yeah. but, but here in Minnesota, uh, I know before I moved here, like right before I moved here, a lot of games were still on a non-cable channel, like channel 45 is like one of the big local channels. Basically, the channel shows like all the high school. If you ever seen a high school hockey uh, highlight from Minnesota, it comes from that network. And they would probably end up having to pick up the slack of if the network just completely closed down before the season ended. Uh, but then, of course, you have to deal with the Timberwolves. You have to deal with the, the, the Twins when they start. Every city's got to deal with, with, with other uh, concerns because it's not like there's just one you know team on one network unless you, you know, you're in New York or the north side of Chicago. 
So there's other, uh, you know, teams that have to be affected by this and it's going to shift stuff around. But I tweeted the other day when they talked about the NHL ratings being so bad. And I'm like, well, why don't you just make it mandatory to have five games in the season randomly on non-cable channels in your local area? You know, that would help promote the game a lot better than doing a mashup, you know, in two weeks on fucking Nickelodeon. Because they're like, too short-sighted and they're worried about making the quick buck. That's why. Yeah. It's just, yeah. it's just they crazy. always have been. Yeah. Good point by Rich H. Bally Sports. They have 30 days to make payments. They aren't making any because they have no money. No, no they, skipped, so they so skipped out on the debt payment yeah. uh, five days yeah. ago. Like, they, they yeah. said, fuck it. And, no. and some team, I forget who it was. Uh, it might have been Dallas. They said their check was short. Yeah. from the Bailey Sports down there. So there's a good chance 12 teams won't get this year's revenue from uh, Bally's. No, there's not a, it's not a good chance. They aren't getting this year's revenue from Bally's because wow. they're filled with red ink and losses. This is a fiasco. Seriously, yeah. it absolutely and, is. And, and you're going to end up having a situation. There is no, somebody, there is no revenue. <laughs> yeah. and, and you'll mess around and have in, uh, issues in in, uh, in these other cities. The same thing you have now in Colorado where literally there, you know, there's the bills being – yeah, they're being passed in the, into the House and Senate in the state of Colorado to try to get, uh, you know, Comcast to show, you know, altitude and, and have Avs fans and 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 Rockies fans and uh, um, Nuggets, Nuggets fans. They haven't been able to watch local games. People that, you know, we, we had somebody on the, on the, the backcast from Colorado Springs, so they haven't been able to watch uh, Avs or, or Nuggets game on their regular cable for three years. That's absurd. In Colorado Springs, that's the local market. That's a disgrace. I mean, yeah. I don't care what you have to do. You can't put – nobody should be in that situation. Nobody. And I don't know what the situation is because you would think in that market you've got access to Altitude Sports Network or damn well should when you're living in that area. How you don't or are unable to get access yeah. to that network, I'll have no idea how, how that's allowed to happen. Or you know, But, yeah, that tells you how screwed up things are. And the baseball blackouts, we could go on and on about that. Uh, and how terrible they've been over the years. So, yeah, uh, the, the TV situation in terms of regional television for sports is fucked up. Let's be honest. Yeah. And, it has and, been and, and, and it doesn't need to be. The, it, these, these are this real simple, easy fixes that are you know easy enough for anybody to see, and they just yeah. aren't doing it. So that's there. Uh, what a show. We've had a Calgary diatribe. Yeah. We've had a television <laughs> diatribe. I love that. Sorry about that, guys. To go. That's yeah. all right. It's our, so we love these uh, doing this. And it's, it's a shorter card. Like it's if, a it was a card, yeah. Yeah. if it was a 12-game card, we'd be in some trouble right now. Right. Uh, <laughs> with how long the show might be. But it's only five games. We've got two games left. 238 live viewers on YouTube. Hit the like Hit button. The like we button. appreciate it very much. And shout out to our podcast listeners as well. We're back for the remaining two games for the Friday slate right after we hear from Gramco. Whether you or your team's game is on the field, screen, racetrack, or on the ice, Gramco is for the game. Grown by farmers who spent years developing premium hemp genetics, Gramco provides customers with consistent quality Delta 8 products ready for any occasion. Gramco currently offers numerous Delta 8 products such as vape cartridges, disposable vapes, pre-rolls, gummies, wake-and-bake coffee, and more. Gramco offers an enjoyable legal high delivered discreetly and directly to you. And is also available at many American retailers as well. Get the best Delta 8 cannabis products on the market shipped quickly and discreetly from Gramco. You visit www.thegramco.com, use promo code ICEGUYS, you get 25% off of any order, and all orders on the site that are $50 and higher are shipped free with standard shipping. So live elevated with Gramco and check out their wonderful Delta 8 products today.
All right, we're back here on the ice, guys. Two games left. We go to the New York Rangers and Edmonton Oilers, probably the game of the night in the NHL. Uh, Edmonton minus 130, home favorites. How about this total? I was wondering if we'd see a seven with the way Edmonton's been in a lot of track meets, higher scoring games. The Rangers have been an over machine uh, since the All-Star break. And sure enough, we do indeed have a uh, total of seven here with the uh, Rangers and the Oilers. Uh, it should be an interesting, and we've talked about how this Rangers team is just playing great hockey, six straight wins. They're lighting it up offensively, four, five, four, six, six, and six. Three straight games with a half dozen goals for the New York Rangers coming into tonight. Uh, will it continue? That remains to be seen. Uh, but uh, I'm not stepping in front of the Rangers, period. Not doing it. Not doing it. But I do feel that this could be a step-up spot for Edmonton. They have lost two in a row. Uh, Montreal at the end of the road trip, the 5-4 shootout loss to the all-of-a-sudden surging Detroit Red Wings back and forth. It was a great hockey game, by the way. Like I said on Twitter, it was a game made for Jack Michaels, uh, the television voice of the Edmonton Oilers, because uh, that's just a perfect game for him. He gets into it big time. Uh, fun to watch. Like I said, I hated the guy at the beginning, and now all of a sudden he's grown on me, and he's actually hilarious to listen to and, uh, and into it, and I like that. He's excitable. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that was a great game. This is probably going to be another great game. See, I did bet over early. I got in on the six and a halfs when they were out there. It was minus 135. At seven, I'd say pump the brakes and wait for a live opportunity. That's what I would definitely do now with this total. Pretty much seven now, plastered at seven uh, across the board in this game. I'm passing on the side. I think it's tricky. I would kind of want to take the Rangers here, plus 110. They're playing so great. Uh, you know, they've uh, – they're on a roll. They're an underdog here in this game. Uh, Edmonton's lost two in a row, but I do feel Edmonton kind of rises up sometimes against the better teams. Look at what we've seen from them lately. I remember that game against Seattle at home and the Tampa Bay game at home where they beat the Lightning 5-3. to three. So we know they've got it in them, and I think after two losses, you get a great effort from the Oilers tonight. So I lean Rangers, but I'm probably going to stay off that. I do like the over, but I got it at 6.5. I'd say now at 7, you wait for a live opportunity. And as far as the props here in this game, uh, there's a bunch of good ones. I like, uh, look, get on this now because he's not going to be get this price to, to get a point if he gets if he keeps producing for the Rangers. But Vladimir Tarasenko is only minus 108 to score a point tonight. Uh, in this game. I think that's worth a look in a game that's definitely, I think, going to have some goals in it. Philip Heedle to get a point. Philip Heedle to score a goal. Uh, Panarin's been lighting it up. You can go shots on goal with him or points prop of some kind uh, on the Rangers side. Uh, definitely some good props there. Uh, on the Edmonton side, um, you know, you look at their lineup. Of, don't sleep on some of the guys that are going getting a more of an opportunity right now uh, for the Edmonton Oilers up the lineup playing with McDavid. Derek Ryan, for instance, he scored the other night a nice deflection goal. Uh, Nugent Hopkins and Hyman and McDavid look like they're going to be the top line tonight. Kane, Dreisaitl, Yanmark on the uh, second line. Uh, Evander Kane is suddenly uh, a shooting machine lately for the uh, uh, Edmonton Oilers as well. Uh, you look at his numbers in terms of over shots on goal. He's His shots on goal prop is three and a half, but boy, he's been going over that quite a bit uh, of late. And uh, his scoring streak has been very strong. Uh, he's gone uh, five points in the last uh, five games for the uh, Edmonton Oilers as well. So Evander Kane props, especially the shots on goal, I think worth a look tonight as well. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Should be an entertaining uh, matchup here, Rangers-Oilers. Yeah, absolutely. One thing to note, uh, Igor Shosturkin is confirmed in net. So keep that in mind because we were yep. talking about, obviously, the game tomorrow with Rangers-Flames. 
more than likely could be a, a, a Halak sighting in, in that contest. But I like both teams to score here uh, at, for the first period at plus 135, I'm saying. Yeah, plus 135 yep. at BetMGM. Yep. That's uh, that's the one look I have here. Like I said, I, it's interesting to see a total go up to seven, but we're only seeing the first period overs at twos right around even money or maybe even uh, laying a price. So this is definitely one of those spots where I just, you know, play it a little safer, go with both teams to score in the first period and uh, maybe look for some live opportunities after that. Yeah, this is a good game for a first period, both teams to score, I believe. So plus 130, Alex is uh, liking that. Shesterkin, I think it's going to be after the rough night for Campbell. They go back to Skinner. Hasn't been confirmed yet, but I just get a sense it's going to be Stuart Skinner tonight for the Edmonton Oilers, but that has not uh, been confirmed yet. I've been impressed with how everything has just come together for this team so quickly offensively since they got Tarasenko. Tarasenko looks comfortable, no doubt about it, playing alongside uh, Mika Zibanejad and uh, Chris Kreider. Uh, BC Trocek and Panarin look strong as a line. Trocek is suddenly playing well. Trocek didn't have a great season before Tarasenko got here. And now all of a sudden, Trocek is starting to play better in that second line center spot. And it goes without saying how good the kid line has been lately for the uh, Rangers. Uh, Hedl, uh, Kako, and Lafreniere uh, on that third line. Chris Drury deserves a hell of a lot of credit. He's done a nice job. That was a nice get for Tarasenko, and he's fit perfectly so far. Chris Drury props to him what do you think uh, uh, about get, getting Tarasenko Jimmy and the job Chris Drury's done I think it continues to do a nice job here uh, look I think he's done a great job and not just now his whole body of work has been great I do think um you know and I'll, I'll defend him till the cows come home I that, that Jeff Gorton got screwed uh I think a lot of what you're seeing now is is re they're reaping the benefits of, of Jeff Gorton's work as well but he did that with Chris Drury so Drury deserves credit for it too they're headed in the right direction. It's rare that you see a player come in and, and, and fit in that fast. Takes a while usually. You know, we people think it's just going to happen seamlessly. It doesn't happen like that. So when it happens, it stands out, and it surely has in New York. And I, I look at this team right now. Look, the East is loaded, guys. Just another big Stanley Cup contender from the East there. A lot of, a lot of teams uh, that you could see going to the final right now in the East. And as for this game, I'm going to go with a draw. Uh, I like these teams to battle out of regulation and into overtime, maybe even a shootout. It's going to be a great game, I think, probably the game of the night. And, guys, I have to actually jet because i got to run and get my laundry down the street. <laughs> so I'm going to give you my uh, my pick for the final game. will be an under 6.5 in King Sucks. No problem, no problem, Jimmy. We'll let you go. And what did you have in L.A., Anaheim? Under 6.5. Under 6.5. Okay, best bet. Yep. Uh, best bet will be the draw on the uh, Oilers Rangers. There you go, the draw on the Oilers Rangers. All right, Jimmy, we'll let you run. We'll see you next Friday. Looking forward. All right, to guys. It. Have a good one. There he is, Jimmy Murphy. All right, with us as always every Friday here on the Ice Guys Show, and we'll wrap up with L.A. and Anaheim. This is an ESPN game actually tonight. And note the start time: 9 p.m. Uh, Eastern time for this uh, ESPN matchup. Good job by ESPN. They normally have Friday night NBA, but the NBA is on all-star break this weekend. So let's put an NHL game on Friday night. So good job. It was the obvious decision, but I'm glad they made it anyway. Uh, and they got, uh, which was a little better game, but uh, Kings and Ducks, it is what it is. Uh, Kings minus two. It's fun to watch the Kings. Ducks, maybe not so much. Kings minus 270 road favorites, six and a half the total in this game. Uh, let me see who's working the game. I'll find that out in a second. Mike Monaco. Uh, Mike Monaco's on play-by-play. Uh, -play, uh, play. Young guy. Uh, on play-by-play -play for this one for the uh, uh, Kings and the uh, Ducks. Uh, Anaheim, look, 
I don't know. Uh, look, they've always been a bad defensive team all year. We know that. And we know the goaltending with uh, Gibson and Stolarz, that combination with a little Lucas Dostal thrown in on occasion has been rough as well. But it's mostly been porous defending in front of their goaltending all season. And boy, has that shown up the last few games. My goodness. What did we see here? Six allowed to the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins, seven to the Sabres, seven to the uh, Vegas Golden Knights in that outburst on Su Super Bowl Sunday that Vegas had in the third period. What wretched, embarrassingly bad defense we have seen from the Anaheim Ducks here uh, in recent games. They've had horrendous starts to these games. They continue to get behind early. I like the Kings in the first period puck line here. It was minus a half, plus 125 earlier. I still think you can get around that price. Uh, Anaheim's been giving up the first goal routinely uh, in these games. Yeah, uh, still plus 125 on that Kings first period puck line. I like it here. Uh, in this one, I've been cashing with these first period puck lines against Anaheim at home a lot lately. And I'm going to go back to that. Well, it is going to be Phoenix Copley. That was the big worry for me uh, in this game was would they save Copley for the back to back tomorrow night against Arizona? But Copley's in net tonight. And I, if, if you're back in the Kings in any form, you much prefer him to uh, Jonathan Quick right now uh, in net. John Gibson confirmed in net for the uh, Ducks here in this game. I'm opposite Jimmy, though, when it comes to the uh, total. Uh, he mentioned liking the under. I like the other way, uh, over six and a half here. I mean, it's hard to bet an under with this Ducks team right now. And don't look now, but L.A., offensively, they've got it rolling uh, at the moment. L.A. with uh, four, six, and five goals scored uh, in their last three games. So they've gotten 15 goals in the last three games combined coming into this matchup tonight. They've been trending over uh, as well, five and one to the over their last six games. Uh, Anaheim's gone over in all in three of the four, five, three of the three straight games, I should say, uh, coming into tonight. Uh, also, we look at this uh, matchup here. LA's owned Anaheim. They've won four straight, including four straight here in Anaheim. But I do think we'll see enough goals in this matchup here uh, with the uh, Kings and the uh, Ducks. Uh, so for me, LA first period puck line minus a half plus 125, and also going to get in on over six and a half, which is right around minus 110 to minus 115 uh, right now. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? ESPN uh, national TV matchup, Los Angeles Kings, Anaheim Ducks. Yeah, these are always good matchups. Even if uh, one of the, one or both of the teams are bad, these two teams always get geared up for one another. So that makes sense that this would be the ESPN choice of the night. But uh, yeah, I'm right there with you. I like the Kings first period puck line. I was able to get uh, laying a half ago at plus 120. So that's still available if you shop around. Like I said, definitely want to uh, shop around for that because I'm seeing it's low as even money, but as high as plus 120, plus 125. So definitely want to get the best of that number. But Anaheim's a team, you, like I said, you can't trust them at any phase of the game right now. Uh, they're just a hard team to back. And with Copley and Net, the Kings are always, like I said, solid, especially early in the game. So I could definitely see the Kings jumping out to a one nothing, maybe even a 2 nothing lead here. So I'm telling you on that. All right, there we go. Like in uh, the first period puck line here with the uh, L.A. Kings in this game all right as far as the props go i mean really the only prop you could go props you could go near for anaheim now are maybe Enrique, maybe zegris maybe mctavish and that's about it because they're the only guys with a threat to do anything offensively right now uh for the uh anaheim ducks uh zegris you know uh definitely in particular but for uh la i mean you look at what you're seeing from them offensively of late i mean they've got multiple play i mean kempe goes without saying kempe is just on an absolute incredible heater right now no question for the uh la kings at the moment uh what has he had in the last several games i'm looking at the uh, game logs right now uh look at the last uh four game three games alone he's got seven goals 
and and eight points in the last three games. Seven goals, eight points the last three games. Adrian Kempe, uh, any props you want, you can put in your pocket in terms of him. Uh, Kaliev got a goal and an assist against uh, the uh, Buffalo Sabres. I think he's a little bit undervalued as well. Uh, so there's definitely some props on the LA Kings uh, side of the equation here that uh, definitely are worth uh, consideration. So uh, definitely would look in that direction. No question about it uh, with those two. Uh, all right. That's the Friday card. We appreciate everybody joining us. Hit the like button. Uh, we appreciate it very much. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. We welcome back Kevin Beach, uh, our Saturday guest. He'll be with us tomorrow. He's very good with props in particular. So we're looking forward to having him back on the Saturday show after a couple-week hiatus. Uh, he'll be joining us tomorrow to break down the massive Saturday card. It is time for Best Bets in just a second. But first, we'll hear from our good friends at Manscaped. Support for the Ice Guys is brought to you by Manscaped, our good friends at Manscaped, who are the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Their products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's performance package, the ultimate men's hygiene bundle, join over 7 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you, courtesy of the Ice Guys. Get 20% off of any purchase and free worldwide shipping with the promo code ice guys that's promo code ice guys all one word i-c-e-g-u-y-s at manscaped.com if my math is correct that's about 400 million balls that you can help preserve with manscaped.com using the promo code ice guys you get the performance package 4.0 it is a game changer the lawnmower 4.0 it takes care of this among other things uh, it'll keep you uh, trim uh, as can be uh, the lawnmower 4.0 waterproof same thing with the weed whacker which takes care of your ear hair nose hair i mean nose hair in particular you know i'm getting up there in age and nose hair is becoming uh, definitely more of an issue this will take care of it it feels like someone's tickling the inside of your nostrils sometimes it pisses the hell out of me it bothers me i need to take care of that shit this will take care of it for you the weed whacker uh, make uh, part of the package that you get with your Manscaped purchase and the Manscaped Performance Package 4.0. You also get the ball toner. You also get the ball deodorant. Keep you uh, smelling good and looking good and feeling good down in the nether regions. This package is really going to make you feel good and and look good and look better. Slim, trim. That's what it's all about. And Manscaped.com can help you out with that so make sure you take advantage of this manscape.com get 20 percent off and free shipping with the promo code ice guys at manscape.com that's 20 percent off with free shipping at manscape.com and use the promo code ice guys unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with manscaped All right, we're back here on the ice, guys. Yeah, just to confirm, Grinch, um, I'm passing on the side. I could only take the Rangers. It's Rangers yeah. or pass for me. I am not stepping in front of New York right now. They're playing that well. But I feel the Oilers are going to bring a great performance, great effort tonight, and they, I could see them winning. So uh, I'm off the game, but lean Rangers from a side. Yeah, I'm, all, yeah, I'm off of that side as well, too. I, I can see that going either way. Yeah, definitely. So I just like the over there uh, in that one. At six and a half, if you're if it's seven right, it's seven right now. If it's uh, wait till in game uh, if you're going to bet the over now is what I say. All right, best bets to wrap it up for this Friday edition of the show. Alex, what do you like for best bet? 
We're going to go to the Canadian capital, uh, well, at least outside of the Canadian capital, but Ottawa and Chicago. We're going to go with the draw, plus 400. Uh, you know, I, I like a lot of spots on this card tonight, but I think that's worth sprinkling on. I think that really has a legitimate shot to cash. I could see this one, like I said, being a high-scoring game back and forth. But uh, and we've seen some track meets between these two teams in, in recent history. So uh, like a 4-4 heading into overtime, that makes total sense to me. Uh, plus 400, that's uh, some decent value on the draw. Let's go with the Hawks and the Sens. Regulation draw plus 400. That's my best bet for Friday night. There you go. Regulation draw there for a plus 400 with uh, Chicago, Ottawa. Best bet for Alex B. Smith on this Friday card. Uh, best bet for me on this Friday card. Let's do a goal prop. Uh, keep it simple. Alex DeBrinkett will score tonight against the Ottawa Senators, or sorry, against the Chicago Blackhawks' former team as a member uh, of the Ottawa Senators, plus 138. Uh, Alex DeBrinkett. Anytime goal scorer, uh, Alex Debrinkit for Ottawa tonight, plus 138 uh, against his former team, the Chicago Blackhawks. And I think you'll get one hell of an effort and one hell of a performance from him. Uh, these revenge game angles are real. They work, especially when it's high profile players against uh, teams that, uh, you know, didn't love the way it ended. I think you get that here tonight. Uh, the cat, Alex Debrinkit, uh, plus 138 to find the back of the net tonight against his former team, the Chicago Blackhawks. That'll be my best bet here for this Friday NHL card. All right, that'll wrap up this edition of the Ice Guys. Thanks to everyone in the chat for joining us. Hit the like button on the way out. We appreciate it Patreon. very much. Patreon.com slash Ice Guys. Yep, $10 a month. Uh, we mentioned it early at the beginning of the show. We posted the Q&A there. We've got the broadcaster rankings uh, coming up next week. Uh, next Thursday. So make sure you get on that patreon.com slash ice guys, just $10 a month. All our bonus video and article content is posted there. Uh, daily goalie charts, power ratings, totals charts, daily ice guys, betting card posted there, all that and more patreon.com slash ice guys for just $10 a month. And a reminder, the ice guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 PM Eastern Saturday and Sunday noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, Download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and more. Download the Ice Guys podcast when you can't watch the show live. For Alex B. Smith, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Friday. Enjoy the games and good luck. And we will talk to you again tomorrow on Saturday. And we'll break down the Mammoth Saturday card. we got a great Rangers-Flames game. We've got the outdoor game with the Washington Capitals and the Carolina Hurricanes and many other great games on that Saturday slate with me, with Alex, with our Saturday guy, Kevin Beach. Make sure you join us tomorrow for the Saturday edition of the Ice Guys presented by National Hockey Now. <laughs>